I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. Welcome to another edition of One on One. I am your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And joining me right now is one member of the hip hop collective Hybrid Thoughts. His skills behind the mic have gotten him to work with such rap icons as Wu Tang Clan, Jada Kiss, and KRS One, just to name a few. His talents have also gotten the attention of the anime scene, with him contributing to some of the biggest shows of the last few years. I'm very delighted to welcome Aztec from Hybrid Thoughts. Welcome to B3 Crew. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you are welcome. So have you been having to dig yourself out from the snow, too? Yeah. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Today's like the first day I actually like left the left the crib, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad you're good, and I'm glad you're safe, and I'm glad that you're here on our show. I've been wanting to have you on this program for a while, and I'm so happy that you're the one that actually reached out to me. Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to talk a little bit first about origins, and it's not about, you know, how you got into rap or what, or maybe it is a little bit about how you got into rap or what made you want to be a rapper in the first place, but I want to ask you if you remember the album or the song that influenced you greatly to get into the scene. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, the first album that I can recall, like, hitting me was uh, Low End Theory by Trap Called Quest. That was, Mm. like... uh, I was probably the album that like uh you know first got me like oh you know what is hip-hop I, I really love it but um i'd say the album that like really like pushed me to like want to write and rhyme was uh wu-tang forever just because uh hearing hearing dudes you know rap on such like a knowledgeable level it kind of hit me a little different and uh from that point on it was like yeah this is definitely what i want to do so mm-hmm. would you say the wu-tang clan were like your biggest heroes growing up or were there other people in that field that um, you admired there was a few, but um, you know Wu Tang was definitely number one. Uh, Nas was a big guy for me. Um, uh, cool G Rap, Cannabis, Out- Outcast was really big for me. You know all the, you know the Golden Era stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, like I grew up on that too. Like when I was in elementary school, like it was that Death Row, Interscope era of Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Wu Tang, and even. 
even I'll even admit like like Coolio, Salt and Pepper, all that stuff of as well course, too. <laughs> course, yeah, so like those were the rappers that I admire most. But you know, I still love them. I've even grown to love the whole underground hip hop scene, getting into stuff like Bus Driver and Open Mike Eagle. Like these oh, are nice. like the rappers that I like admire so much because okay. it's the way they articulate. And yeah. I get that from your rap skills as well, too. Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all familiar names to me, definitely, for sure. Yes. So, Hybrid Thoughts, you're based out of both Boston and Japan. And I'm curious what you feel are the similarities and even some of the differences between American hip-hop and Japanese hip-hop. Um, to be honest, the, the biggest is like... Um, you know, especially for what I do, which is like kind of really like 90s based, like boom bap kind of hip hop. Um, there's definitely like, I mean, the underground scene here in America has always been great. But um, as far as like respect and admiration for that type of hip hop, I think Japan has a little bit of a, a deeper appreciation for it and like a little bit of a tighter grasp on it, at least right now. Um, you know, other than that, like, uh, you know, the coolest thing about it is, you know, I've, I, you know, I only rhyme in English and that's literally never mattered to like, you know, my Japanese fans or like, uh, the people over there. So that kind of like, that's a big testament just to how, you know, deep hip hop can reach people. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, the, the scenes, you know, I, I, for the most part, like my, uh, involvement in like Japan's hip hop scene is mainly just through the soundtracks. So like, I can't really speak to my like i haven't worked with too many uh like japanese rappers i've worked with a couple uh i work exclusively with a japanese producer a lot now uh but um as far as like you know being part of the scene i don't really have like an extensive experience in the hip-hop scene there especially compared to here where i've been in the you know the underground hip-hop scene here in the states for you know 20 years so you know i is definitely like a bigger um experience i have with with like touring and and shows and all that stuff over here more so than over there but um but yeah japan loves the kind of stuff i do you know and like especially with the anime stuff like i feel like anime and the kind of hip-hop i do is always kind of went hand in hand you know so. right you know because like we were like introduced most of us were introduced to japanese hip-hop through like a show like samurai shampoo and you had the late great nuja bees producing and composing and you had a rapper like shingo 2 doing battle cry yep. and it was like this like opened a floodgate of appreciation for what japanese hip-hop was able to accomplish because i feel like they're the ones that really mastered the concept of the lo-fi hip-hop yeah for sure I, th- I think I think New Jabez could be like called the father of lo-fi hip hop, you know. Absolutely. So you have called Boston, uh, Lynn specifically, which I am of course from as well. Um, you, you've you've lived in Japan for a little bit, and I believe also South Korea too. You've lived in, correct? Uh, yeah. What's well, um, that's my roots. I'm I'm, I'm Korean. Uh, I was in South Korea uh, in the early '90s, like so, like 1993. Mainly was the main year I was over there, and that. Um, that was another big, uh, you know, big strike for me as far as hip hop went, because that was the first time I really got to experience international hip hop on like a huge level. And um, yeah, I mean, that's but uh, it's, it's mainly been my entire life and in, in, uh, in U.S., mainly Massachusetts. All right. But still, um, with you uh, growing up in like these different countries, do you feel like maybe like being exposed to these sorts of different cultures helped to craft your skills behind the mic in some different way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, like my uh, like my lineage, my heritage, which is, you know, Korean, um, I was raised like very, very much into the culture. Um, so like that's always been kind of like my main 
uh, influence uh, as far as like my artistry goes, my writing goes. Um, I've always tried to like make sure I pay you know homage to to my culture and my writing just because like I mean it's a little better now, but like you know when I was coming up, I was maybe like one of three Asian rappers in Massachusetts, you know, and uh, I mean it's a little different now. I mean not, not much different honestly, but uh, you know so I always felt like there was like a huge need to to rep that really hard, you know, and I still do. Right, and and I'm glad you do. <laughs> so last year saw the release of Dig It Like a Fossil, a collaborative album with uh, Iodonic. And how did yep. this record come to be? And what do you feel influenced it lyrically? Um, so the the cool thing, so uh, yeah, shout out to, to Iodonic, man. Um, so uh, what what had happened was how I connected with him was um, in 2017, Hybrid Thoughts put out our, our Japan based album which is Monologue Presents Hybrid Thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um, Iodonic was actually a fan. Um, he uh, So there was this hotel in Tokyo um, called Wise Out Hotel, and they um, in the lobby of their hotel, they had this listening station. And the listening station had, I didn't even know this was the case, but they had the Hybrid Thoughts album like in the, in the lobby of the hotel to listen to. And somebody just took a picture and, uh, you, know, you know, tagged me in it and was like, oh, listening to this at Wise Out Hotel. And I hit him up, and I found out he was a producer, and um, you know his style of production was very much like the Hyper Thought stuff, like the real jazz-based kind of lo-fi type stuff. Um, and you know, I did uh, I did one song with him, and then it kind of fit because at the time, the Hyper Thoughts we haven't put out an album since 2017. And um, after that, I was exploring with a couple of different sounds. I worked with some like dark ambient producers. I worked with you know a lot of boom bap producers and stuff like that. But I was missing like that feel that the last hybrid thoughts album have and iodonic had those had that production so we did a few songs and then i was like you know what man let's just do a whole project and then uh dig a lego fossil came out of that and uh it was cool too because it, it, it continued like my um you know my link between here and japan and um you know that was released under uh his label which is navy clown records which is you know based in japan osaka japan so yeah, and it's a very beautiful album, and I hope all my listeners out there get a chance to listen to it. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. You're welcome. So, let's get into the meat of it, because you have been making a name for yourself in the anime soundtrack realm. And I know you're a big fan of anime yourself. What yep. was the show that made you a lover of the genre? Um, well, so the my first experience uh, watching anime was in Korea. Uh, it was uh, the English translation is Super Granzord, but in Korean it's called Model King Granzord. Um, that was the first time I watched an anime. Uh, that was, I think, in 1993. Um, you know, at the time, you know, anime wasn't really like popping over here in the U.S. like that. And uh, you know, so I watched that. I was really into it. Then I came back home. Um, specifically, uh, my aunt uh, in Korea worked at this like uh, remember the slap-on bracelets back in the day. <laughs> I remember those. She worked at one of those factories, and um, a lot of the ones I came home with were, were anime shows, but people in America didn't know what anime was really yet, so it was like, it was clearly like this, is they cl- clearly weren't like normal cartoons, you know what I mean? So mm. I was trying to explain to them, and uh, no one really understood until, you know, came later in the 90s, Dragon Ball Z started popping up, and then po- you know Pokemon and all that stuff started kind of like popping up on TV, and people got yeah. a little more of an idea of what it was, and then, you know fast forward to now anime is gigantic so it's so weird because like growing up for me like like anime was still seen as this very geeky nerdy sort of thing and there weren't a lot of but like when dragon ball hit that's when i started seeing like even the quote-unquote jocks 
getting yeah. into anime. And now yeah. that it has exploded in such a way that it's basically one of the biggest industries in the world, it like it baffles me, but at the same time, it makes me glad that there are more people out there that appreciate this form of entertainment. Because some of the best stories come from over there. Oh yeah. Yes, the storytelling's like unparalleled, man. It's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. Now, not counting the ones that you've worked on, what have been some of your favorites these last few years? The last few years, uh, oof. quite a few, man. I mean, uh, oh, man, there's so many. Um, you know, me and my wife actually just finished watching Blue Period last night, and that was really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good series. Yeah, um, we just finished watching that last night, literally. Um, and honestly, man, I know it's kind of like, it's kind of like, a cop out to say but like the ones I've worked on have honestly been my favorite um I specifically say that probably because I I dove into those a little more just because um you know a learning about them you know while I'm I'm working on them and then diving really into it then you know trying to develop connections with the characters that I'm writing about and things like that you know I really get get super into them um the ones I know about in advance at least but um other than that you know a lot of the a lot of the ones that you know everybody likes man you know I, I, I was into man all of them you know i mean to be honest like i i still i still go back and watch the old school ones more than anything yeah <laughs> you should see um well you can't really see here you should see my room like i've got like all like the nendroid figures here and my plush right. toys here of like all the shows that i've grown to love these many many years and it's funny mm-hmm. because like when i was in high school it was always about the action-packed series now yeah. i'm like getting a bigger appreciation for like the calm and serene like the iashi yeah. k genre sort of thing like yeah um like, I can't tell if you can see here, like, I've got, like, back here, my little plush, giant plush, yeah, yeah. rather, of Rin from Laidback Camp. Like, I yep. have such a huge appreciation for shows like that because it demonstrates just how beautiful uh, of a series it can be while still being entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I can I can relate, man. Like, same thing as a kid. I was all about the, you know, the, the martial arts, the fighting animes, and now... You know, I'm definitely a little more into the cerebral stuff as I've gotten older. Just, just watching and, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you really see how many layers of the storytelling there are in anime. It's, it's, it's crazy. Right, and I know we talked a little bit about it, but like, like with Samurai Champloo, but mm-hmm. anime has influenced rap and even vice oh, yeah. versa. And what do you feel that hip hop and anime have so much in common with one another? So I, I think it's it's uh, you know kind of attests to the same thing of like the the layers of the storytelling. You know, you can kind of relate, especially that the era of hip hop that we're talking about too. You know, I think a lot of people relate to that layer of storytelling or diving into like the depth of a character. You know, because when a when an MC is writing a, a song, you know, you know, a good MC or like a heartfelt one, you know, what do they talk about? It's the depths and the layers of of their person and their, you know, and uh, you know, anyone who's an anime fan knows that like. The connection you get with a character, you know, you can't really compare it to, to anything in anime. Like anime is always the where you see like the most connection to a character, and I think uh, the hip hop scene really, really dives in on that. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, like the, like we said, Samurai Champloo was actually like that was probably the show where I was really like, you know, soundtracks in anime are really sound like the music behind an anime makes so much, so much difference to the series and, and it adds so much. And uh, that was the t- that was literally like uh, I say this in all the interviews I do, man. But like it's 
that was the time where I was really like, man, I could see myself doing anime soundtracks. You know? <laughs> and it really wasn't even like a plan in the cards. It was just something I always said to myself, like, oh, I could see myself on an anime soundtrack. Then when the, um, you know, that's why I say like, you know, fate and all that shit's real, man. Because like when I got like the opportunity to do the first one, I was like, oh, shit, it's a dream come true. And it was like a, a lesser known, it was a lesser known anime, the first one, but I didn't even fucking care. You know what I mean? But then, then they, the calls kept coming and I was like, all right, this is it. It happened, you know, so. Yeah, so what was the first one you did? You you said a lesser-known one. Let me see if it's one that I've actually watched. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's lesser-known to, like, the masses, but, like, anime fans. It uh, was the second season to uh, Kekai Sensen, Blood Blockade Battlefront. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good show, good show from the same creator as Trigun. So yep. we, we yep, have yep. big love for that sort of thing. Yep. Now, we ha- now you have worked on some of the biggest anime of the last couple of years, like Jujutsu Kaisen, Beastars, mm-hmm. and probably... One of my all-time favorites of the last few years, Doctor Stone. Um, how much do you read up on like the source material for the series before you write the material that you want to do? Uh, so it, it all depends on the show and like when I get the call. So uh, more than a few times, I've gone into these studio sessions with kind of a blind eye, and I don't even know the show I'm working on. You know what I mean? But um, like Doctor Stone, I, I um, that one. The craziest thing is that's probably like my favorite one that I've done, and uh, that was what I knew the least about, because um, uh, that was the only time like I, I worked specifically with uh, the production team from Japan. Uh, the, the I worked the entire team in person uh, for Doctor Stone, and um, literally like I shit you not, man, like at that session they had a copy of, of the manga there, and as they're playing me the music, I have to write to I'm reading it. You know, because before the show was even like finished or anything, so I'm like reading it and trying to like think of things to say. And uh, like me personally, I always try to at least somewhat relate what I'm writing to like what's going on in the show. The, even though when a lot of times they tell me it doesn't matter, but like, like if you heard the Doctor Stone soundtrack, that Master of Minds joint, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it worked out so good because it made so much sense uh, with the show and the character. You know, um, rather than just me. You know, rapping random shit, which has happened on plenty of soundtracks, but uh, but um, but that one specific—that's I think that's why that one uh, you know meant so much. Mm. Would you say that Doctor Stone was the series that surprised you the most? Yeah, for sure. Because um, before Doctor Stone was the second show I did, so uh, before that it was it was Kekai Sensen, and I was like, oh yeah, it was cool. You know, we got a lot of attention for it and everything, but um, I didn't. You know, we had no idea what was going to happen with Doctor Stone if it was going to be like a you know a flop or if it was going to blow up and then fast forward um you know while it's out like you know after it's i'm literally flipping through adult swim and i i stop because i hear my voice i was like <laughs> oh shit dr stone's an adult swim you know <laughs> <laughs> yes and i think one of the things that why you know dr stone is one of my all-time favorites is because like it's a smart man shonen. Like I was yeah. the geeky kid back in high school. I was never Goku or or Piccolo <laughs> or Gene Starwin or any of the characters. I was the smart nerdy kid. And like right. having a shonen series where the main protagonist is the smart nerdy kid, it's a yeah. very very just euphoric feeling to see a show like that. And yeah. The way that it just showcases the the sciencey aspects, it, like the amount of work that uh, Ryocho yeah. Inagaki and Boichi must do to figure out how to make everything work, it's it's god tier in my honest opinion. Especially they're, like they're using like real science shit too. It's not like just you know what I mean. That's like the most impressive part about it. You know, really, really dope. It, yeah, absolutely. Now 
Is writing for an anime soundtrack different from making your own music, or is it the same process for you? Uh, back and forth. I mean, it's a very different uh, kind of mindset that I have to have. Um, you know, I love doing the anime soundtracks, but I definitely like approach that more as work mm-hmm. uh, rather than just like leisurely like making hip hop music. Um, I mean, sometimes I enjoy you know that more even, but um, it's definitely a little different. There's a little more pressure uh, with the anime stuff. Uh, I mean, sometimes it's actually less pressure. It all it all depends on, like I said on the show. But like when I'm I'm like in a time crunch to, uh, you know, write five songs for Jujutsu Kaisen in a day, you know that 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 adds a lot of pressure. Whereas like if I'm recording an album, I can take a fucking entire year if I want to finish an album. But right. with soundtracks, there's like huge deadlines, and sometimes like you know I get called in and I it's just that day that I have to do this shit and um like Jujutsu Kaisen man we uh we did like six tracks for that in one day you know that was literally within like a four or five hour session we did like everything we did on Jujutsu Kaisen um so like the uh the 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 process can be the same to be honest man like um a lot of times you know not a lot of time but a few times I've even you know this is crazy to say but like I've even cheated you know I've used rhymes that I wrote years and years ago that i never used on anything that just happened to fit you know that that's happened um i've freestyled songs on anime soundtracks like literally not even writing just going there and just let it all out and and they've kept it in a, and it's been on soundtracks that have you know millions and millions of fucking streams but um <laughs> it's uh you know it's, it's it's pretty crazy so like uh th- there's a similarity and there's a you know a gigantic difference um you know but like being an mc you kind of like Especially the the era I came up in, you always just kind of ready, like locked and loaded with stuff, you know, just in case. And uh, that's kind of why I think it works so well for me. You know, I, I work quick, and uh, you know, they, they like that. So, <laughs> well, you certainly have showcased quite a skill with that, man. It's uh, it's the kind of uh, lyrics that you create for these shows. Now, um, last year you worked on Sakugan, which I felt had one mm-hmm. of the absolute best soundtracks in anime last year. Now, with it being an original anime and not based on a manga or a game or a visual novel, like, how did you go about creating or crafting the right sound and lyrics to this adventure with a father and his daughter? Yeah, so that that actually was was great because, um, you know, so uh, mainly the soundtracks I work on are mainly with uh, two members of my group, Pirate Thoughts, uh, Yuki Kanasaka, who does like all our production, and uh, Paranom, who's another rapper in uh, Pirate Thoughts. So um, we, uh, it's mainly us that do the soundtracks, and for that one was was really dope because we got to be a lot more involved in Sakugan than we have in past animes. Um, mainly because you know, aside from like the opening and the ending, the entire soundtrack is us almost. So like, we got to be really involved, and in, in, uh, the cool thing was that is I got to dive a little more into like being explained by the creators like what that show is about and like the emotions they're trying to convey. And, uh, you know, I got to do some stuff that I haven't done yet that I've wanted to do on anime soundtracks. And I've got to also, like, be comfortable. Like, there's there's songs on that on that soundtrack. You know, the soundtrack officially hasn't dropped yet. But, like, there's songs on that soundtrack that, like, are just straight, like, 90s hip-hop that I got to just flex what I've been doing my entire life on, which was great. And there were songs like that, the one that's been released because of you that I did with uh, Mindarin. Mm. Um was a very emotional song and I, i've always wanted to do that for the end you know when you watch anime growing up you know there was always those kind of like emotional slow songs and i haven't really gotten to to be on one of those yet and uh that was really cool um 
but yeah, the Sakugan was was great, man. I, I loved working on that one. And you made that really great point that it has like this whole homage to like the '90s, and that's what I felt while listening to the soundtrack. It felt like I was listening to stuff from Trigun or Heat Guy yeah. J or or like even even a little bit even that like that Cowboy Bebop sound too. So yeah, like yeah. for you to be able to capture that in in this show, it it gave it this classic feel. Like, this was, like, a long-lost show from the 90s that just so happens to finally be airing after, like, almost 20 years. That's that's dope to hear, because that's literally, like, exactly what we were going for with the sound. (laughs) You did a fantastic job with that. So, you're welcome. So, from the shows that you've worked on, which character, or even characters, do you find yourself relating to the most? Oh, man, there's so many. Uh... As, as weird as it may be so um the song i did for b stars uh it was mainly for you know it was it was there's actually a funny story about this first of all but like i got this connection after i after i made the song and i watched the show more you know you know louis who has like this persona of trying to upkeep you know this like bravado image but he's inside he's like a complex kind of character who like you know he he likes he it's like a defense mechanism you know almost because he's not a carnivore and things like that um right he's a survivor yeah exactly which is which is i can really relate to like especially like my high school years growing up and everything like that um but the connection with louis actually like came after you know completely after because uh you know but you know shit man there's been so much senku obviously man you know you know being able to i'm the same man like you know i grew up like a hip-hop hood kid but like i was a nerd in the hood man you know what i mean so like being able to really and like i said i listened to a lot of wu-tang and cannabis and like all this like super complex nerdy hip-hop that like with representing him like when i was reading it i was recording the um you know thing i was like oh yeah, this dude's on some like complex you know science shit so like especially like specifically the song i'm a human i was like i'm just gonna go completely crazy and weird in this and i just like really dove in and it's like my most successful song on anime soundtrack so like senku i definitely definitely related to because not just because he's a smart nerd but he's also fucking badass and he's like you know what i mean like 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 he shows that like yeah fuck this like i'm the science i'm the nerd i'm the smart guy but i'm gonna show all y'all motherfuckers how to fucking re-civilize the planet so it's like Right, it's like him saying that the biggest muscle is the brain, and I'm going to show you yeah, why exactly. that is. Exactly, which is like the the kind of like the aspect they've always tried to like touch with music was like you know what I mean like I'm on some street shit, but I'm some, I'm on some smart guy street shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel always felt like that's why I appreciate the most. Like that's the kind of hip hop I love. I love the smart stuff. I I, yeah. I you know I sometimes I like to trash talking aspect, but there's this level of smartness that I get in underground hip-hop and yeah. British hip-hop and grime and Japanese hip-hop yeah. that, like, you can't find this on your top 40 stuff. Right. And exactly. I have such a big appreciation for that that kind of lyricism and it just goes to show just how many different ways you can bring hip-hop to another level of art. Yeah, for sure. Mm. So, with it being a new year in 2022, what are you hoping to achieve most? Are you planning a new album, more soundtrack collaborations? 
Yeah, so I, I mean, the soundtrack stuff is always on deck. Um, that's just all about getting the call, man. And uh, like I said, my man Yuki Kanasaka has always been great with, you know, making sure that, like, now, like, if hip hop is needed, you know, we, we kind of get that call. Uh, also, you know, Tatsuya Kato, who handles so much, so much of that music work out there, Hiroki Susumi, all those guys, man, I love working with. Um, so I know I'm always on deck for that. But uh, as far as my personal music goes, yeah, I'm trying to, like, Dig it like a fossil definitely like uh you know amped me to like get back into like making my own stuff and uh putting out my own stuff like in you know because you know the past few years you know i've gained like almost an entirely new fan base just due to the anime soundtrack so i think it's you know it's a dope time for me to kind of show them like what i do for myself and like the things you know i was doing before for anime soundtracks so um uh first quarter of the year i actually um I'm dropping a project with another uh, MC from Hybrid Thoughts. His name's Judge the Disciple. Uh, we have a duo album coming out, uh, produced by Cloak and Dagger. That comes out, hopefully, I'm thinking, uh, in February or March. March, most likely. Um, I got another project with Idonic in the works, and um, I'm sincerely hoping to, to do another Hybrid Thoughts album in 2022, but we'll see. Yeah, well, speaking of Hybrid Thoughts, next year, if I'm not mistaken, will be the 25th anniversary of Hybrid Thoughts. Oh, good. <laughs> and with <laughs> with um, with that happening, is it gonna do you have something planned for that milestone? I would hope, man. Um, the the tough part about it is, you know, we're such a big group that uh, it's always tough to get you know five six people on the same page. And uh, Hybrid Thoughts has also gone through so many changes, you know, since since we uh, you know when I originally started Hybrid Thoughts in the nineties, it was a completely different group, you know, than what you see now. And uh, it's all about you know making, but the the last collective that we had as hybrid thoughts in 2017 was definitely my favorite um you know adding yuki and saucy lady who are from japan you know adding them to the group was definitely like a big big uh you know transition to like the sound we have and everything so i would like to to get that one back in and uh, just do like a dope even if it's a short album you know what i mean like the last album was long it was 18 tracks so, like uh, even if we did like a short album man i, I would love to but um, you know, we'll see how it works out. Like I know those uh, the solo project and the project with Judge is like a hundred percent positively coming out. The the first one I mentioned is actually completely finished already. It's in the mixing stage, so so that'll be out soon, like for sure, for sure. But um, and you know, I'm always collabing with people, man. You know, people hit me up for collabs all the time, and I you know I graciously do them. I love I love working with other people. Mm-hmm. So I just plan on doing a lot of music, man. Depending on what it is or what title it is, man. You know, just a lot of music. So here's a question for you before we finish up here. With a lot of musicians these days actually now being able to like create their own anime, like for example, a couple years ago, uh, Sturgill Simpson creating Sound and Fury. If you had the opportunity to create your own anime, what would it be about? Uh, this, you know what, man? I, I There's so many, dude. I, I think about this all the time because people always ask me, you know, but um. I would like to kind of like take the perspective like I've, I've had a really crazy fucking life man so like I would love to take the perspective of just my life and and turn it into an anime I think I'm kind of like a complex enough character where it would be dope uh, you know you know coming up where I came up getting into what I did you know moving you know around and and um, you know being involved in the arts and things like that um, just finishing uh, Blue Period man really kind of like also like further that because you know when you dive into the mind of an artist like that it, it creates a real a real cool concept to watch and i would like to do that but in the um you know in the form of like not even just a rapper but like is in, into like a you know a musician and artist like in that way and uh not just like your surfacey kind of like you know 
battle rapping or any shit like that but like the actual like complex mind that like goes into like being a hip-hop artist especially the kind that i am i would love to convey that in anime and handle the entire soundtrack you know right you don't want it to be like a hypnosis mic sort of thing you want it to be like a full-fledged pouring your heart and soul out kind of anime about hip-hop exactly exactly (laughs) all right so here's my final question and this is normally the hardest one that all musicians have to answer and it is called three album island and the the question is if you found yourself stuck in a deserted island managed to gilligan's island your own record player which three albums would you like to have with you to keep you sane into your imminent rescue and why okay well first will be wu-tang forever just because that become, kind of came like my, you know, like my Bible of sorts, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, that would be in there for sure, for sure. Um, man, oof, it's tough. I, I would say maybe, uh, damn dude, it's uh, a tie either between, I don't know, Liquid Swords by Jizza was a mm. very, 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 very big album for me. But I already have Wu Tang Forever, so I don't want to waste Jizz on that. So, um, <laughs> but it's a great album. I almost was able to go see them, go see him perform that over at the Sonya, but like it, like sold out quickly. <laughs> yeah, I, I opened up that show. That's fine. Oh, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I did. My meme are relentless. Um, let's see, man. Oof, it's tough. Uh, this one will be a curveball, but uh, Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys is definitely up there. Mm. Uh, and the reason being because you know i got to learn more about how that album was made and it was like the first time in history where like the studio was used as an instrument rather than just a place to record yeah and uh got to see the complexity because when you think of that band you just think of like the stupid bullshitty surfing songs and that's really not what they were about and uh you know that that was a big one for me and uh, man Maybe AT Aliens by Outcast, just to keep my my weirdo gears running. You know what I mean? And there's a, there's a you know that's part of the three main, but there's a slew of underground albums that you know I'm obsessed with. And um, yeah, dude. I mean, I would even maybe swap one of those out for um, Violent by Design by Jedi Mind Tricks. That was a humongous album for me. Mm. Yeah, there's there's so many, dude. It's it's tough, but those three that I originally named would probably be probably be what i would take awesome aztec thank you so much for joining me here on one-on-one uh for my listeners where's the best place to find out all about your upcoming works and collaborations i guess i would say just uh, the social media i'm trying to i'm trying to be more active on social media i just i go into these ruts where like i just think they're stupid but they're necessary man so um it's uh aztec ye on instagram uh kirk aztec ye on uh both um imdb my imdb usually stays pretty updated with the shows i'm working on uh and uh kirk aztec on facebook yeah man pretty much uh i i x myself away from twitter so i'm not on there anymore but um literally if you just google my name man uh plenty of stuff will come up and ways to reach me so and uh also next month too for anime fans i will be uh at the level up expo in las vegas so if you're there and you're an anime fan come say what's up to me man i'll be there all day so have you ever done Anime Boston before? Uh, no, I think this year's going to be my first one. I, I, I'm hoping to. I reached out. I haven't heard back yet. But Awesome. Oh, man. Cool. Uh, do keep me posted in that regards. But that's yeah, it. Sure. Thank you again for uh, coming on to my show. Best of luck with 2022. And I'll be listening out for your voice in upcoming anime productions, dude. Much appreciated, brother. Thank you. You're welcome. Trumpets.
but I'm strong. A worldwide church and a child with a briefcase. Follow